The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you very much for listening with us today. It's great to have a wonderful community here that is the Spirit of Recovery community. Thank you for participating. Thank you for uh, liking our posts on our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page. Thank you for sharing the posts and uh, for sharing the, the archives here. It's just a great thing. And um, I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and your unit community, your other uh, spiritual communities, your family, your friends, uh, all these people. Thank you for letting them know about us here on Spirit of Recovery on UnityOnlineRadio.org. And uh, also, it's always good to hear from you and know that what we're doing, it matters to you. It makes a difference to you. And it's uh, uplifting your life and your recovery and your spirituality. Every week, we do have great guests. Uh, we got another great guest for you today. And um, we always talk about topics that are important important to the recovery community, and our guests are always people who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, innovative. They're always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for or teach or share wisdom with the recovering community, and a lot of times, of course, all of the above. And uh, my guests are always bringing practical information that you can use, inspiration, and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can obviously listen live via your computer or your smart device. You can also uh, access it through a variety of venues. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app. You can search for Spirit of Recovery there. You can listen through iTunes. Um, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, you can listen via Alexa. Ask Alexa to play Unity Online Radio. And... Um, we also, of course, have lots of great archives, so you can listen at your own leisure. Just go uh, through any of those venues, or also you can go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery, and you will find many incredible archives with amazing guests, and they will inspire you and uplift you and open your mind and your heart. So, 
want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. Everybody's welcome here. If you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member or friend of somebody that's got the disease of addiction or you're just curious, just interested in what all this recovery and spirituality and all that's about, I'm very glad that you're here today and you're welcome to uh, uh, make a comment or a question. I'll just give you a little advice. We're having a little glitch here with our email. So if you've got a comment or question, please phone it in today, and um, that would be 888-55-UNITY, 888-5-UNITY, and you can make a comment or question if you've got that for my guest today rather than the email today. We're getting that sorted out. Um, Also, I always want to give a shout out to family members and friends of those people that have the disease of addiction. That's my situation, and uh, recovery is possible for us as well because uh, in my situation, uh, I am uh, a person uh, recovering from enabling the disease of addiction and overdoing and over-focusing on other people, and so uh, for 36 years now, I've been graced to be a part of that recovery community, and it has blessed my life. It's what really opened the doors for me to a real spiritual walk and to unity teachings and to uh, in-depth spirituality, so that is my walk. So I want to let family members and friends know that there's recovery for us as well. And um, I am just so grateful for that. I want you to know also that if um, you like to support Spirit of Recovery financially by supporting um, Unity Online Radio, it is a nonprofit um, station, and the hosts are volunteers. So um, it's about supporting this radio station and about allowing it to uh, continue to spread the message. So if you want to support it financially, you can do that. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation. Just text Unity Radio to seven. 2727 from your smartphone and um, you can do that. You can support this program and all the other great programs on this nonprofit radio station, unityonlineradio.org. Again, my name is Anna Schaus and I am your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and as I just said, um, I'm also a person that's uh, got my own recovery as a friend and family member and um, for over 36 years that's been a big part of my life and I'm also an addictions counselor. So um, I'm just delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to welcome everybody as a part of this community. Today, we've got um, a guest, uh, great-grandmother Mary Lyons. She's been my guest before, and we attempted to have her as a guest several weeks ago, but there was a major technological glitch, so she was very gracious about that, and she has come back. And so, thank you, great-grandmother Mary, for coming back here um, to be with us again today. And again, you were my guest um, a couple of years ago, and you've got so um, so much to share. Our topic today is we are one in spirit. We are community. And um, the truth is, you know, of course, the more that we realize that, the stronger our recovery is and the more fully we can live and enjoy our own lives and, and bless other people. So uh, great-grandmother Mary is going to be talking with us about that, and it's sure something she knows a lot about. She is an Ojibwe elder. She is a member of the Grandmother's Council. She is a member of Women of Wellbriety International, and um, she is a person in long-term recovery. 
She's also a person who's done a lot of wonderful support for um, children that have special needs and has uh, has a big heart for adoption and foster care. She is uh, an expert witness for Indian child welfare. She is an advocate for the Native American family and child um, advocate for the tribes. She's the co-founder of Celebrating the Native Child Conferences. Um, and uh, she's a United Nations delegate, and she speaks on behalf of indigenous communities. And she's also the founder of the Minnesota Coalition on Fetal Alcohol Syndrome in Indian Country. And uh, that really is important. That makes a a big difference um, that these children and families have support. She's obviously a great grandmother. She's brought new meaning um, to life as she delivers her talking circle to support uh, to support the wellness of families. She received the Congressional Adoption Award in Washington, D.C. Um, for her um, efforts towards uh, supporting children and families. She's also the member of some uh, very important honorary societies um, that are great honors. She's a second water woman. She's an elder of the Water Drum Circle and a senior member of the Top Hat Medicine Dress Long Skirt Society. She's a spiritual advisor, a storyteller, and a wisdom teacher. And if you Google her, it's you, you'll find it. She's she's on all kind of websites, so I'm not going to list them. So <laughs> you can Google her. It's uh, uh, great grandmother Mary. L-Y-O-N-S, Ojibwe elder, and you'll find her all over the place. So, great-grandmother Mary, welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. Oh, shoot. What with a muscle? I'm thinking, my head's getting really large. No, you're probably getting tired for doing all that stuff. <laughs> you did. Pretty much, pretty much within the statements is, you um, hit just about every point why I stay within the arena that I choose to stay in, and uh-huh. that is in um, wellness within the sobriety movement for individuals and the families. Right. Um, whew, that was a lot. Yeah. I was, I, my yeah. mind was totally on something else until you start reading it, and I'm, I was thinking, wait a minute, I, I haven't been really obligated to them lately, or, you know. Oh, <laughs> Maybe lacking in them. But, you know, the thing is, we just keep moving forward. And I think one of the things in the in uh, the women's circle that really stood out lately um, was in an uh, elders' women's circle. And uh, I don't really know who authored this. I certainly didn't, but these words are absolutely beautiful that we stand by, is every woman who heals herself heals all the women who came before her and all the women who come after her. Wow. You know, it's, yeah. the, the simplicity of sitting in balance is is one of the most important factors that mankind could be awake to, you know, to be alert to. Because, uh-huh. you know, it's kind of like that yin and yang, you know, for every good there has to be a bad. In order to understand the bad, sometimes you have to walk in it to understand it. Good to, point. For the, you know, to for the goodness of getting away from the bad, that's what I'm, we're talking about is that yin and yang, you, you need to have that. You, it's like you're standing on this teeter-totter. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, we used to use this metaphor a long time ago, and, and this metaphor came from my father. Um, could you, if you see the teeter totter out there, could you play on it by yourself? And people, no. 
really, seriously thinking this stuff in that there. And my father would always say, the longer you process the thought, is you're going away from the answer, even though you do know the answer. Because what it does is it just awakens a lot of crap inside of you, he'd say. You know, mm-hmm. you'd want to run from and you'd want to hide. <clears throat> and then he says, if there's people that answered it right away, it's yes, you could play on a teeter-totter by yourself because you're balanced. You stand in the middle of it with one foot on the other and the other foot on the other, and you just teeter-totter back, you know, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure. when most people have that understanding that they can achieve the impossible, means mm-hmm. that they just drew that warrior-like armor that they wear so bright. And that they're willing to kind of be that shining light that just opens all the doorways from the darkness just to bring people from it. So, right. You know, we always have these rhythm of poetries within the indigenous cultures and that there. Because I think you have to create beauty from the not-so-pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. You have to make mm-hmm. that You know, because so many people... We, when we were in this circle, when we were talking, and it even happens from the younger circles, the middle-aged circles, to the eldest circles, is they, they have this mentality. The conversation can go on and on and on if you have something negative to say, or this is mm-hmm. what happened to me, they did this to me. I mean, it, it, it can you just never know that three hours goes by within three seconds, it seems like. And then when you want to to start talking about positives from it, the conversation is very brief, very short, and okay, let's go. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we turned the table and we said, let's just talk about all the good stuff that happened to us. Mm -hmm. It was very silent. And so sitting in that silence, and I used another, another metaphor that my father and my grandfather and them used to say, is if you're running to find you and you've got seven doors there, you stand and start opening the doors and you just stand there and keep turning around looking, which one should I pick? If you're the one standing there saying, which one should I pick, you're never going to get to that understanding. You have to do um, and not just think about doing. So I grew up on those metaphors because Mm -hmm. that was the survival of who we were as indigenous people. And having said that, well, I'm a great-grandmother. Without even having to say my age, people would have to know it in there. Um, I'm old. Uh, You know, I'm on, I'm on, you know. (laughs) You know what? I'm knee-deep in my grave. So, you know, whatever Uh. My mouth, I'm not going to excuse myself. And then it went on to, you know what, I'm hip deep in my grave. Who cares? The Uh, other one is that I've got one eye out of the stand, so stay out of my way. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Keep that dialect or that humor up. And when you think about those moments, those moments is kind of like, 
finding that striking match that you've been looking for to light the candle so you can see what's all around you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because sometimes you- when, you, when you feel, when you try to close your eyes and feel what's around you in this world, you will touch things that you shouldn't even be touching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that's what we grew up on. And mm-hmm. understand this, you gotta, my father was born in 1889. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. in 1889. Wow. My, grand, mm-hmm. my grandmother was 52 years old when she delivered him, when she brought him into this world. Wow. Mm-hmm. And my great-grandmother was born in the late 1700s. It was 1794. She was, wow. Mm-hmm. Doing the math, or people go, oh no, people can't have. But it was extremely common for people to be having children in their forties and fifties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of the norm back then, so right. I was very fortunate myself to think of my father and my grandmother and my great grandmother. I have three lineage stories that comes back from the late seventeen hundreds. Mm-hmm. So the great grandmother had all the the prophecies in the dialect of what she would see and what they were told of what was going to be coming to us. Hmm. My grandmother that was born, you know, in the, in like in the, oh, I think, what was it, take 52 from 89, you know, mm-hmm. in the 1830s and this stuff, you know, she's seen the victim, the to be victimized and all of this, and knowing what the impurities that were put in there, and right. then she comes to my father that was born in the uh, late eighteen hundreds and this stuff, sharing that knowledge just through those two generations, and then being married three times, and then just carrying that information forward. And my older brother, his oldest son, was a medicine man, mm-hmm. and to to. To know when we went through this life of how we would have to identify and feel the slivers that we would encounter. Mm-hmm. Some of those slivers we would remove, and some of those slivers would stay embedded in us and would hurt every now and then when we touched on it. Right. And what, mm-hmm. and what we talk about is we were so as human beings so pure into not having that ability built into us through after tens of thousands of years in this stuff of uh, your body breaking down from alcohol. Right. Then, you know, I was through the air where it was kill the Indian, save the man, boarding schools and orphanages and that there. Right. And so a lot of turmoil happened, and people would say, you know, um, and I have the highest respect for the Jewish community, don't get me wrong. You know, mm-hmm. um, I even have a granddaughter that's, well, to me, um, I we say part Jewish. She's my granddaughter that was blessed with many beautiful religions in her, so she teaches me things. Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot from her grandmother, from just being a student of listening to, you know, cultures and what has happened and, you know, just on and on. But each 
time, what had happened was there was a world-known thing of the Holocaust that happened to the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And what, what keeps silent here is this, this hidden history here on Turtle Island, on the free world of the United States of America and Canada, is right. that you time set by a hundred plus of what happened with the Jewish Holocaust is what happened with the Native Americans. Yes. And so, uh-huh. and so within saying that, this is so recent, you have to think about, my goodness, this is so recent. And not to start uh, a controversy of who is right or who is wrong, what I'm saying is just what happened is having that the pureness within your body and not having that resistance to alcohol. And mm-hmm. what had happened to us was so horrifying. What else could you do? And so when alcohol was finally granted to Native Americans, which should have never happened, I think the best thing um, that could have been was it was really illegal for Native Americans to have alcohol until they opened those doorways is that mm-hmm. they started consuming and they started using it as self-medicating right. to just numb that pain. And you got to remember, with who we are we're, as individuals is that we didn't have that resistance in us. So we were probably right. the most cleanest human <laughs> being that could not filter off what had alcohol had done to us. So the addiction hit us very, very quick and very hard. Right. And, you mm-hmm. know, uh, it, it just seemed like there was no going back. Mm-hmm. And then, right around the late or the 1970s and that there, we got the Freedom of Religious Act. And people would say, what? Uh, we've never heard of that. But if they look at the hidden history of indigenous Native American people, and they look in there, the, the Religious Act... I think it was in 1978, 70, it was in the 1970s anyways, <clears throat> they finally made it legal for us to practice our culture. Mm-hmm. And that's something. So mm-hmm. so prior to that, of what had happened to us and the enslavement and the movement and all this other craziness, um, we couldn't run to our creator. We couldn't openly run to our creator which our creator, we believe, is everybody's creator. It's just that we have all these beautiful um, customs and, you know, what we have in our mm-hmm. family traditions and this stuff um, that focuses on the same thing. You know, there's a path, many pathways to the goodness. For and sure, so, yeah, and for so sure. After in the 70s and this stuff, and that was it, when things became legal, the elders and the medicine people and that they rushed to save their people and to say, you know, Crater, you know, um, we know we lay within the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. All we're asking you is to just close your fingertips, your branches of life to embrace us and heal us and bring us back. Bring us back to the root of our, our original, of what we were brought here for. Because we believe we come from the stars. In mm-hmm. our creation story, now remember, when I say our, for me, this is what was told through me, through my lineage line, through my father, and through my grandmother, the, the generations that I know, and I'm Ojibwe First Nations, 
is that everybody has a creation story, and everybody's right. You know, somebody right. said yes. wrong, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 on and on. So we believe that we have this original agreement with creators that we would come down as a student, walk as a student, and leave as a student. And when we would come, we were this beautiful energy. So one of the things is we'd enter the purest of waters, and we'd become the four elements. And of the four elements, the prophecy read before is that we will be birthed in the purest of waters. And after our first breath, we will run to the most taintest, taintest of wells, you know, the dirtiest of waters. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was in part of our prophecies. And hmm. back then, we had called it the invisible snake mm-hmm. would be sneaky. Man would be making uh, making stands in this stuff, speaking for other people with this cup of poison in their hand. And, and does that mean the alcohol or, or just kind of human yeah, stuff in general? Or the alcohol. alcohol. Mm-hmm. With alcohol. And they would mm-hmm. even say, you know, what was even, you know, People will fight and stand stand within witness of saying it's okay because Creator said this is His blood, and it went on. And our creator said there would be this this terminal of this argument. Well, anyways, our energy would be coming, and we would come. We would enter our mother's womb into the fullest tears of waters because. Our bodies are made up of mostly water. Mm-hmm. And she would take up to nine months to build this beautiful blanket of a body around us. And then when we enter the world, we take our first breath. So we were already in water, breath, and then we mm-hmm. feel the heat from the sun, fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would keep us going, and then we'd nourish from earth. Mm-hmm. And those four elements of who we are and what the world is, our jobs was to keep those as pure as possible in order for us to sustain our spirits here on Mother Earth. But in our prophecies, the prophecies tell of what's going to happen. And part of it is, was written in the Birchburg Scrolls. Some of those are lost. They're, they're written on hieroglyphics around, you know, uh, Turtle Island, um, it, it just goes on and on. But the thing is, the, the simplicity of keeping in balance to know that good and to know that bad. To know where you are as an individual. To know that when we were brought here, there would be no prejudice because air, fire, earth, and water, we all need it, and that's who we are, shows no prejudice, was never to show prejudice, and was was never, ever, those four elements were ever to be prostituted within this world, but we knew within these prophecies that this would come today as witness, it would unfold, because that's what was told, this would be one of the journeys and the lessons of enticements in that there. 
Right. So what does it take? I know that there's a big movement in the well-briety movement, and and I know white bison is part of the uh, sobriety uh, support and so forth in uh, the Native American First Nations community. So I know a lot of that is about returning to community, returning to the circle. Um, So what do you think is being learned or – from this this venture into the toxic waters, so to speak, and now this call um, to return to community and oneness and and being at one with with the four elements and each other oh, and creator unfolding. it's unfolding everywhere uh-huh it, it, tell it us more happen. yeah it just didn't happen in standing rock standing rock is the one that just kind of flipped the torch it's been happening mm-hmm. all over the globe, you know um. The, the, silly, the silliness of how alcohol is uh, served everywhere. Right. It's served in the churches. It's served everywhere. And people will even say, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. They will argue for that enticement like you wouldn't believe. Women will drink it. Doctors will say, you know what, here, have a beer a day. It'll help bring your build your iron, or iron up or whatever it may be. But you got to remember... What happens if you put something in poison? We talk a little bit about even what happens is, and I'm going to go back to a group, you know, the circle of women around us, you know, weave invisible nets of love. It's unbelievable of what happens. And some of the young girls in this stuff will say, um, I, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what happens. You know, what they'll do is they really kind of have this real passive aggressive, and it's okay to be naughty because I like to be naughty and I like to be the negative because that's the world that seems to be so enticing. So what's the good about, you know, being sober and living in the good life and talking good and stuff? How boring is that? So when you think you're in balance, you're on that scale of being so negative, so lost, something has happened that your spirit went to sleep. Because we also believe that within this agreement, Creator said, you know, when we agreed to come as a student, walk as a student, and leave as a student, what happens during being a student? You go through many lessons. There's something greater for you. Also, we're also taught and now it's scientifically proven that water carries memory. Well, we always knew that. Because when we enter and enter this body, we're, we're kind of like standing in the, the hallways or swimming the pathways of our ancestors because we have all the DNA inside of us since the beginning of time that our first ancestors walked on this earth, so we're never alone. So we can have that debate of when... Water is interrupted, we're interrupted. When air is interrupted, our breath of life becomes interrupted. When fire is interrupted, we can shiver to the most coldest corners of the world. And when Mother Earth, Earth is interrupted, that shakes the foundation of everybody's home. Nobody... uh, Get the free pass, get out of jail card when Mother Earth, uh, something happens to her. 
because one of the things people don't realize until it comes to such a critical time is that if something happens on this planet, we're all in this together. It's no longer who lives in that big mansion. It's no longer who has this or who has that. But you only have that clearest of understanding is if you live within those pure waters. You don't get enticed by, oh, it's just a little bit. Because you can't just feed somebody just a little bit of poison and expect them to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And so when you watch that river happen, it comes through time. And then when one seems to dive right into that pool of alcohol and swim with what we call, you know, no matter how they put it, you know, some will say dancing sharks or whatever it may be. Um, you, you, some will say, oh, I felt different. Well, you don't feel nothing. So what is it that you're running from? Why well, you need to feel nothing. So it's coming back to that center of that teeter-totter on finding balance. Because people will go, well, in five years, you know, this ain't going to matter. Well, you know what? How grandiose thinking of you that you've got five years, created granted you five years to live on. You might just mm-hmm. call you home in the next hour. So right. we can always come back to that. You know, sometimes it's not just one day at a time. It's one moment at a time. It's where you have to stand within your own truth and within all your ancestors inside you to really say, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do today for myself that I don't need that cup of courage? I don't need that injection. um, Or I don't need to take that pill. Or I don't need to smoke. Or I don't need to do all of this stuff to compensate my pain. Right. Would you share with us what propelled you into your own recovery? Ah, yes. You know, um, I was living in Chicago, and I, I just happened to be looking at this eagle, and I was wondering, it kept flying towards my window and this stuff, and I went out to pet it. Now, mind you, I was leaning out of my window on the 22nd floor. In Chicago? In Chicago. And you saw an eagle? I wow. was in a Wonderful. kite. I was so high in a kite, I'm mm-hmm. not on a kite, but higher than a kite, that I was having this breakthrough of my ancestors ah. talking to me. Mm-hmm. And when I realized the reality is that I could have fell 22 stories to my death. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was an awakening that I can't even tell you. I can't, there is no words to even explain it. Mm-hmm. Something just came over me that it was almost, it's not even a rebirthing. You can't even be rebirthed from something else. It's just an awakening. It's, a, it's an awakening that I felt all my ancestors inside me just, 
hanging on to me, not going out that window, hugging me and just smothering me with every ounce of their love. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I can explain it. Mm-hmm. You see, I I went away. I, I I went away because of a lot of stuff that was bothering, um, that I had witnessed, that I seen during those times of orphanages and boarding schools and this stuff and that there. And things happened to me. Mm-hmm. That experience that was so unbearable, painful, that when... I did finally have that first drinker going out there and doing what I wanted to do. I forgot everything. And so right. I had I had an idea of what I was going to accomplish, and I kept accomplishing it. But it seems like time went by so quickly because the grandmother said to me, she said, I don't know what's going on with you, but whatever it is, do it and just remember that these doorways are always open, but you can only come home with the most clearest of mind, thought, and spirit. And it took 10 years. Mm-hmm. 10 years. 10 years I had walked away from life. Mm-hmm. I'm a recovering alcoholic, a recovering heroin addict. Um, it's... You should see the people with expressions on their faces when I talk to these young people. This old lady, because they're thinking, yeah, you don't know what I'm talking about. You do <laughs> Listen, you're going to be this way sometimes, and you're going to be hopefully having the same conversations to a young group of people. Alcohol doesn't change. It just seems getting worse. Drugs don't get any, They don't change. They just become, or, I mean, not getting any better. They're getting more lethal. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, whatever it is, you stand in balance. You stand in the center of that teeter-totter, and you can do it, and you can do it on your own. You don't need to sit on one end of that teeter-totter and wait for somebody else to come help it move. You get up, you get on the center, and you put one foot on one and the other and the other, and you make it move. You become the center of your own world of recovery because you are going to have to want it that bad. That makes sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. It really is. It's like that's, I think, uh, when when any of us get in whatever kind of recovery we need to get in, it's when we want it more than we want anything else. I, I don't, I wanted something better. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, there's so many things that we go through, that we just put the most simplest things in it, and i got to read this, you know. We say, Creator, grant me the serenity to stop beating myself up for not doing things perfectly. Mm-hmm. The courage to forgive myself because I'm working on doing better. And the wisdom to know that you love me just the way I am. Yeah. When, when you... People can go and ask, what is your journey? I don't even really necessarily think it's how you got there and what you went into it. The most important thing is that we came as a student and Creator said to be a student, there's going to be some classrooms that only we know you can handle. Because there's another part of this story is when you enter this world, every person 
that enters this world is going to be a leader of nations. So when you enter this, whatever you do, you're going to be teaching thousands of people. You will have a brother and sister, or you'll have a cousin, or you'll have a best friend, or you'll have all these people, all these eyes watching you because they either want to be like you or they're not going to want to be around you. One way or another, you're going to be a teacher. You're going to be a good teacher or you're going to be a bad teacher. My father would say the best teachers in life are people you don't want to be like. Don't (laughs) stand in judgment to say how awful they are. Thank the Creator for, for showing me visually that this is what I could end up like, and then your next prayer is pray for them to awaken. And thank them for visually showing what you could be going down. Because that's what they gave their life up to do. So you never point and say, oh, that homeless person, or don't feed them, or oh, these bums, or, you know. Who are you to pass judgment? Because some of those individuals might be individuals that Creator put there to teach the world or to gift the world. This is a path. Don't go down. Don't open that door. So whenever that that thing comes up of bad or where you wanting to speak so bad about it, stop for a minute and think, wait a minute, is this a small vision of what Creator wants me to see and do? My job isn't to criticize. My job is to give thanks and to send prayers out. May they awaken. May they awaken to the world that we know we can have because this world, as we're in here, is by choice. Does that make sense? So, yes, it does. So, so I think what you're saying is that everybody here that's in having this earth experience here is just because we want to be here. There's things we want to learn. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, the reality of this awakening that's happening is, it's remarkable. I'm telling you, one of the most things that I just makes me smile is these young kids. A lot of these young kids, these frontline water protectors, mm-hmm. they may have been hoodlums, gang members, whatever you want to say it, and then there's a lot of good people that were in college. No matter what background they have, they're standing up and they're fighting for one of the elements, water, because that's who they are. There's this awakening that's happening. People, these young people are being, oh, they got these words, environmentalists, you know, these activists and this stuff. No, they're finally standing up for their rights as being humans. They're Mm -hmm. finally standing up for their rights of wanting to be in a healthy world. And some may have to be a doormat and take the kicking in the dirt and all of this stuff, but they're doing it for a greater cause. You know? Yes. That water has to nourish a tree so that tree can grow and give us fresh, clean air because it filters it, you know, and, you know, we... We don't want all these toxins and stuff to, to break the seal, you know, so we can 
keep our our temperature on a normal gauge of the warmth for the fire in this stuff. And plus, we don't want no more things busting up Mother Earth in this stuff and just cracking her and just putting things in her and just mixing things up where they shouldn't be mixed up because that's our food source. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you think of that, when we say we came as the four elements, we are the four elements, and we are going to fight for the four elements because we're fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for the oneness. It's an awakening that is so unbelievably beautiful. I just, it's, I would rather see a kid out there holding a sign up, fighting for the oneness, staying out there, you know, I want this for my child. I, I want this for the world. And to be sitting on a corner with a beer can, parting around, or just wondering how to chase the next bill for that needle and next right. thing for that spoon so they can warm it up. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. movement within this environment, this, it, it's unexplainable because, like even at Standing Rock, people came from all over the world, and they came to stand in prayer. Yes. And what was remarkable is the unity of people that came there. And I'm telling you, one of the most beautiful things that happened, real good friend of mine that lives up in northern uh, Wisconsin there on one of the reservations, his name is Tom. He came there, and he had men in Will Bridey there. They had mm-hmm. all the chance of supporting him and stuff in that there. And it was, it, it was just, nobody had to say, this is how it's going to go. They all came together within the best organization possible. Mm-hmm. And they were standing up for the waters and for the rights of the farmers, for their lands. And, you know, it was just, what what could have been a better fight than to stand up for creator's creations, you know, Mother Earth and her children? Right. You know, one thing that's really standing out to me, uh, Grandmother Mary, is how... You know, back, I don't know, whenever, when, when things like AA or whatever started, when the recovery movement really got rolling, it felt like, oh, this is about individuals. You know, individual people need to get well, which is true. It's still true. And I think as it's gone on and more and more people are in recovery, I think what we're seeing now is how this is connected to everything you're talking about. It's connected to the whole world. It's connected to being one with people and being one with this earth. It's not that that our individual well-being draws us into understanding that we're responsible to do our part for the whole world. How, how do you see oh, that? Absolutely. One of the most beautiful things we can do is help one another. You know, kindness and a smile it doesn't cost a thing. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the power of that medicine um, is you can't put a price on it because... Um, you just can't, you know. And when you say that, when when you announce to the world that this invisible snake of alcohol, what this enticement of drugs or this manipulation of what they say of uh, how they can make you feel better in this stuff, I want them to think this, think about this. Just really, 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 really think about this. 
there's a gallon of water, ice cold water, and there's a bunch of you know, bottles of beer that are just ice cold that makes up a gallon. Which one do you think you can drink down in five minutes quicker? It's going to be the beer. Because what mm-hmm. happens is that beer, that alcohol, is going to numb your body. It's going to change your mind. It's going to make you forget about what it's doing internally to your organs. It's going to numb you. And that's poison. That's killing you. You're killing the house. You're burning down the house. You're flooding the house that your spirit lives in. And so once all that alcohol comes to your system, it puts your spirit to sleep because that spirit needs to, to fight for survival because their house is contaminated. Right. So do you feel like young people are really getting that message? I mean, you were just talking about Standing Rock and the young people there. I mean, you know, human beings are all different, but do you think we're all kind of waking up? Absolutely, because you can go back to where I'm getting at. It's a gallon of water. Mm -hmm. You can drink that gallon of water, and that water is pure because what it's going to say to you is, oh, this is too cold for my lungs. Oh, my tummy's getting full. I can't drink it all. It's you're it's your being honest to yourself because you're feeling that hurt and that pain. And that's what we're talking about is understanding reality and understanding um, that that invisible snake, that, that trickster. Right. Mm-hmm. When you put a metaphor or a visual for them to understand the, the simplicity of it, they get it right away, and they you can see them get it because you see their face, you see the different temperatures in their body, you see it, you can see water starting to go around their eyes because they want to cry, you can see them smile, you can see them put their hand on their stomach, you can see an awakening happening to them, and that awakening that's happening to them. It's all their ancestors in this library of knowledge that's pressed inside of them is embracing them. Because what we're taught mm-hmm. is if you don't clean your own house, there's not going to be a house for the next generation to live in. Good point. And so that is our survival. That is who we are, not only as indigenous people, that is who we are as people of Mother Earth, the oneness. Stuff and things get in the way to make you think you're better. But mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. take all that stuff away, we have everything in common. And it's the four elements that shows no prejudice. That's right. Yeah, I really like what you were saying, too, uh, earlier about... You know, when you see anybody who you might tend to criticize for whatever reasons is to thank them. As you said, for that's an example of maybe where you don't want to go and, and as you say, pray for them that, that, you know, that they feel, get the light, you know, and, and find the light in them and probably pray for ourselves too. You know, I guess that we, that we embrace people for who we all are. That's part of an awakening. It, it's it's a part of an awakening because you have conversation 
in your mind because it's like, you know, people say, oh, don't give that homeless person money. They're just going to go drink alcohol. Well, I'm not paying for your opinion. For all I know, creator could be testing me. Who knows? We don't know what's going to be happening around the corner. But if my hand feels like grabbing in and handing them a dollar and two, and if I can see that twinkle in their eye smile, hey, it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. Because if we have time, there's another short story that I'd like to share to you about my sister, Lily. Yeah, she's I do. Walked on, she, she's walked on. She lives in the grand circle of life now. But mm-hmm. Listen, a silent warrior, she was one. She was a recovering alcoholic, but yet she stayed in the midst of alcoholics, not just to join within them, but to keep that light burning from them. She never liked having birthday parties, but her very last birthday party, she decided, okay. So we were on the reservation. We had it at the facility center, one of the, you know, tribal business places with the kitchen and the tables and all this stuff. And all the relatives came, and they were just so happy because she never had a birthday. I mean, she wouldn't allow it. So she was having fun and playing bingo and this stuff. And then pretty soon the community, what they call the community drunks, the alcoholics, the severe alcoholics, the town drunks, whatever you want to call them, started coming in. Nephews started jumping to go, hey, no, 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 you can't come in here. And she said, no. She slapped her hands really loud. Hard and she said, no, you let them come in, sit them down, and I want you guys to serve them food. And then she told them, she said, you're coming in and you're going to share a birthday meal with me. So I want your respect and I want you to play bingo and I want you to play nice. You be nice. You're welcome here. She sat them down. She said, because you're my birthday present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. If we can give them one ounce of hope of what family is, then that's the greatest gift she could have ever achieved. And she said it was the best birthday present she ever had. Mm-hmm. She begged food for them. They took their quarters and this stuff. They went from bingo and this stuff, and they went on their merry way. And when she passed, some of them, we're going through DTs and this stuff, but they wanted to do their best when she passed away to come show her respect. Sure. How amazing was that? I'd never seen mm-hmm. so many eagles in my entire life the day she walked on. Mm-hmm. Was, mm-hmm. I'd never heard such the beautiful music, the singing of eagles and this stuff. Yes. It, it, she lived a life that was hard. But her lessons were some of the most greatest ones that I will always speak on any platform in the world on because she was one of my greatest teachers. Yeah, she had that compassionate heart. She knew what it was all about. She knew how to let, open her open her arms and open her heart and and uh, share that compassion, share that love with people, see the, see who, who they really are underneath the the pain thank you for telling that story that's a good one some a moving one yep can you believe the hour is almost over yes it's about time to wrap it up yes i need to plug something all right 
Go ahead. Thank you, Lala. You know, yes. I, I've been traveling all over, and I'm uh, putting out uh, my journals, my wisdom lesson journals. Uh-huh. And I I have gone, many people have approached me in this stuff, but they just want to just dice it all up. And I ran across a small publishing uh, company that they're going to help me publish my wisdom lessons. Good. And I'm doing a campaign drive, and it's small, so I'm kind of putting out there uh, mm-hmm. for any donations to help me get forward. And my gift back for any donations and this stuff is one of the books or e-books and this stuff they can go into uh, my Indiegogo. It's okay. www.indiegogo.com. Blast. All right. Mm-hmm. Wisdom, lessons, bringing balance. Um, okay. Can they find you? Can they access it through your Facebook page if they go to absolutely. your Facebook page? Ab- absolutely. They can go and right it, into my face- Facebook page and they'll see that is uh, where. Um, and I think, yeah, they'll just go under. I think I come up with Mary Lines, their great grandmother. Mary Lyons in the state of Minnesota. Um, okay. And it's L-Y-O-N-S, right? Your last correct. name? Mm-hmm. Great. So, yeah, they, if they can access it through your Facebook page, then it's easy probably for people to find that, I guess, right? That'd be easy. Oh, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I use that, whatever I'm using, kind of helps me to move throughout the world and some of the other uh, people that I travel with. And then, plus, it helps us gift forward to communities that uh, need it and individuals that need it. So we don't have to keep having our hand open. You know, we trying to make this crazy cycle of money grow a little bit so we can keep doing uh, the work that we've been doing. Um, you know, because if a young woman that has four or five kids and she's trying to keep the electricity bill on, you know, Mm-hmm. I'd just be able to say, you know what, give me the bill. Mm-hmm. You know, or mm-hmm. it's nice if I'm seeing an elder behind me struggling to get in their wallet, you know, just to pay for a few things, I could pay it forward by paying that grocery bill. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of nice to say to a, a, a young man or that's fresh out of prison, but his hands are magical that he's a wonderful mechanic that I can say, listen, I've got seven cars I want you to work on, you know, because mm-hmm. nobody hire him just to make sure he has a wage. So right. it's things like that moving forward. We have to look at the real picture of what the real world looks like because if nobody's going to open their hands, open their arms, the people that don't think they deserve that hug or deserve this in life. Well, we're we're, we're not walking our talk. That's right. We got to so keep. That's what I'm saying, but you know, and that's why I decided to go into uh, promoting my journal books and this stuff, just to generate some income, so we can start a like even a small family foundation, just so mm-hmm. we can get that out there into the world, so we can we can help with the with the unthinkable. As long as we can help mankind achieve what we know they can and to show them a brighter light when somebody keeps trying to put the light out on them. It's well worth the journey. And that's, and that's who, just who I am as uh, great grandmother. I had to walk through the journey in the pits of hell with alcohol and drugs 
to make sure um, that I carry this light brighter so they can see it and they know which doorway to pick out of out of those seven doors when they when they want to find themselves. That's true. We're going to have to wrap it up here, but uh, great-grandmother Mary Lyons, thank you so much for the light. Thanks for being the light. Thanks for walking through the dark and uh, finding your light and shining it because you really do. You shine it bright and you shine it to us today. You shine it all over the world and uh, you do open your arms and your heart to lots of people and um, thank you for doing that. Thanks for being my guest today. Oh, thank you. And listen, happy holidays <laughs> and all this stuff. Stay well. All right. Stay happy. Enjoy a good joke. That's all okay. I can say. And listen, I'm sending you a cyber hug right as we speak. I love it. I feel it. I'm getting it. Thank you. And listeners, thank you. We're sending you a cyber hug, too. Thanks for listening today. And, uh, again, my guest is great-grandmother Mary Lyons, and uh, she's sharing with us about what it means to really be one. So be blessed. Have a wonderful week and a wonderful holidays, and we'll be back on Spirit of Recovery. God bless. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. We talk to the animals, and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast, hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Karen Debbie Smith, and Meredith Tolleson, we will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.